So welcome back, Nivedita. You are like one of our favorite guests from 2020. <laughs> so it's absolutely an, an absolute pleasure to have you back. And I'm not going to bore people with by introducing you because everybody who's been <laughs> following me knows you. I mean, one word, people know who you are. Um, but even then, for people who must be watching this for the first time, I would let you uh, tell our audience what do you do and um, where are you from and a little bit about your journey. So yeah, I am born and brought up in India, Mumbai and uh, right now currently living in uh, Dubai, based in Dubai. My studio is based in Dubai. I travel and work. Uh, I'm an interdisciplinary artist, um, art basically, uh, particularly focusing on art that um, uh, triggers social change. Um, so I have a degree in uh, BFA, a Bachelor of Fine Arts from JJ School of Art, uh, Mumbai. And uh, that was, of course, 25 years ago. And uh, recently, four years ago, I accomplished a master's in um, social sculpture and connective pra practice that basically stands for art that stimulates um, people towards social change. And... Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's been a wonderful journey so far, 20 years of practice. And uh, yes, going strong, thanks to all the love and acceptance and all the abundance that has been showered on me uh, by the people, by the goddess who holds the entire intensity of my work. Um, I'm a goddess Kali devotee, um, uh, art, not just an artist uh, uh, by profession, but also... Um, a healer by practice as well. So there is a lot, um, lot more that happens and gets channeled through my art uh, is what I like to believe. And uh, um, as long as my work touches people's lives, I'm able to tell stories, I'm able to bring even a tad bit of transformation in this world through the ethos behind my work, I would, I would feel that my work is done here. And <laughs> so, yes, I'm just, I'm just after that. And uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure it touches. So let, let, let me rewind back to the first time you were here, which was in 2020 and we were in lockdown and, you know, there was this utter chaos. We were still mm -hmm. feeling that chaotic energy. We still had that and we were still trying to find our footing. And so since then life has moved on. This is 2022. How has art the space evolved for you in particular because i know you were traveling uh, you know for for work as well um so how has it changed and do you feel that there has been a change i mean what is your what is your opinion on that uh art uh do you mean uh during the lockdown or after lockdown after lockdown, how has it changed? Because we, we, you, you spoke to us about what happened during the lockdown and yes. how people yes. were feeling that energy. Yeah. So uh, you said that there will be a change, you know, which you could kind of anticipate and you could, uh, you know, uh, see the change. So has has that happened? I think uh, because of the pandemic and people, particularly artists, you know, um, we for us it's all about you know, going out there in public and, you know, uh, being seen, being uh, getting our work shown. And there is no other way to go about it. But there has been definitely, uh, there have been new avenues that have opened up, which have, um, you know, become, uh, there was a lot of buzz around art going online, um, you know, with this new platforms of NFTs or, uh, you know, cryptos, uh, that there's a whole new dimension to art. Yeah, which has opened up, uh, which wasn't there before at all, pre-pandemic. And uh, I mean, it's just starting out and suddenly it's taken over, you know, a major precedence. And for people who are like me, you know, who are used to traveling and working and, you know, interacting with artists, very tactile kind of work. And especially in the areas of social change where we, we, we were restricted to travel, go and work at the grassroots travel levels with people. Uh, there has... Uh, there is a different kind of sensibility in terms of approaching the um, um, approaching the you know spectrum um, of um, artistic uh, you know domain. Uh, it is much more sensitive now. 
you know, uh, especially for people like me who work in the area of social change. Uh, I'm used to going, you know, um, in the interiors of villages or working with tribes. Um, uh, my connection with nature, mythology. Um, I see that uh, people. Uh, who are not that privileged have been through a lot during the pandemic because they've not sold any work. They've had difficulty feeding their families. So uh, there's a different kind of sensibility that works uh, now. Uh, and now that now when I go and work in those places, um, there is much more humility. Uh, there is much more welcome. Um, before there would be a bit of resistance, you know, in terms of, okay, who's this artist? She's come from outside and she's going to be researching with us, blah, 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 things like that. Um, not that people were not uh, very uh, accommodative or not very cooperative. People were, people, people would cooperate, but now uh, after the pandemic, more and more people actually want to collaborate and they want to come forward. And it's like, you know, they've, they've lost a lot of time. And they've not seen too many people. Even now, things are not that normal. Uh, people are still hesitating to travel and work and work with museums or galleries. And most of the events are happening online. So uh, things are changing in terms of perception, you know, perspective. Uh, uh, people are more open to, you know, seeing new people, you know, uh, working across bound borders, um, a more... Uh, there is there is much much more cooperation that I feel that I'm getting from people um, as an artist and particularly for my practice I'm mm. getting uh, I'm getting a lot of support I'm definitely getting a lot of support and I'm sure um, I recently visited the India Art Fair mm. oh my goodness the turnout uh, there were like tens of thousands of people there you know in mm. um, in Delhi and it's just the biggest fair that happens mm. and for me this was the first time attending mm. a a very very commercial sort of a you know art fair just I, I i was checking out the markets and i was checking out the artists what are the artists doing in the indian diaspora yeah. and what are the kinds of you know displays that are happening so it was a whole gamut of things that were going on there were talks there were performances there were uh, collaborations there were collectives museums were showing so many new museums have pop popped up which are promoting the dying art forms there was a separate museum that was focusing on only Potachitros, you know, from Bengal. And these were really old Potachitros and the new artisans as well who were who can barely probably speak in, in uh, other than, you know, their native language. So there were museum galleries, curators who were supporting these people. This is not a usual kind of a scene that you see in a, you know, in an art fair where you see a lot of people coming forward and supporting the artisans to come out. And otherwise it would be, uh, I've been to a lot of art fairs all around the world. It's it's quite commercial, you know, you don't see this. There was a very earthy kind of a feeling. I felt very connected uh, to, to what was happening. There were photographers, there was a whole um, pavilion on only Satyajit, Satyajit, celebrating Satyajit Ray's movies mm. and his stories, his puppets. And uh, there was a lot of exchange happening which I felt, yeah. you know, people were wanting to talk about themselves, also not just talk about themselves, getting to know you, what is your practice about? So I, I felt this two-way communication happening every place I went, during the fair, outside the fair, there were parallel things that were happening, events, you know, which were not limited to the fair. So every gallery was happening, you know, having something or the other, um, it was, it was, it felt like a little, you know, m miniature of a Venice Biennale, you know, like mm -hmm. the whole city had turned, turned into an art capital. Mm -hmm. It was quite interesting to see which would otherwise not happen. You know, post pandemic, everybody want, was very eager to share their views, their art, their creativity, whatever it is that they have to say, mm. you know, and, um, and for some reason, there was not any expectation here. Everybody okay. wanted to do their best. Mm. So I think that that was a very huge, huge takeaway for me. Uh, from so would you say that it is the communities, like the sense of community that that is like quite strong now, even yes. when you visited the art fair, yeah, yes. which was which was lacking. And, you know, yes, it was pretty independent before. Not just static art, even the performance community, mm. whether it's dance, drama, music, mm. everything is scaled up. Mm. 
and also because of the social media coming uh, mm. having become so so big now mm. everybody's either i was running into a tiktok sensation or a instagram <laughs> yeah. uh, you know 50k 60k followers and these are artists yeah and they are performers they are dancers yeah. it's a guy in in a skirt and yes. and also the communities you know these new yes. communities lgb people coming out from from you know the, even the lgbt mm. communities getting so much support and in india mm. it was quite um it was quite a eye opener for me you know to see um uh the that the people were making an effort to go beyond boundaries and understand um you know gender and culture and different kinds of practices there's been a huge 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 uh, transformation in terms of you know the whole overall picture which was definitely not there pre pandemic um so yes it's 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 a new era altogether which was um, which i'm feeling everywhere you know at all my travels i was in turkey you know for for a particular practice um in fact the moment the pandemic started slowing down i traveled to turkey i you know worked with the darvishes and it was it was a whole different experience altogether but you know everybody people are, have had enough and <laughs> they have it's like you know that this is it and uh, we mask up and we get on with what is it what what it is that we have to say Mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, no pandemic is going to stop us from uh, expressing ourselves whether it is you know whether it's literature or uh, or any any other domain of performing arts so yes uh, it's been great it's quite a change um and how so we spoke about feminine energy and at that point it was like it's going to take a prominence you know it's now now you are a makali bhakt and this connection with you i call it a makali connection you know very blatantly <laughs> i just put it i just put it out <laughs> like that <laughs> and uh, so how how do you see that manifesting now with all these changes and what what do you think of it going forward in the years to come see uh when it comes to feminine energy um i would say that uh you know we as human beings we are exposed to you know the greatest form of feminine energy right from our birth coming out of that womb the mother nothing can be bigger than that our existence in this world yeah our very first step into this world is because of that feminine energy our mother giving birth to us so we have immediately tapped onto that at that point whether it's a man or a woman we are in that energy yeah and for us now moving forward would be just to keep carrying on hold on to that energy hold on to that compassion hold on to that uh uh that uh cocoon you know uh and and that itself will protect us that itself is a very big shield it protected us in the womb for 9 months it will protect us in this big you know we are into a bigger womb this world is a bigger womb i would yeah. say you know and there is this it's the same amount of energy that is running through all of us mm. and uh, because all of us are created by this you know the creatrix so uh, i feel that it's just about our perception we just need to tap into that any time we want it's always there with us mm. we need to call upon it it's inside us it runs through us mm. and nothing can any kind of creation whether it is writing a book or cooking a meal or any creation has that you know that energy um, yes. uh, which which is i'm not saying just the feminine energy the men are equally feminine yes yes in terms of mm. their uh you know um um portion of energy that they have in their mm. body we are half woman half we are all half maria yeah. yeah we are half yeah. sometimes it's 60 40 sometimes mm. it's 80 90 oh, we sometimes. have both yeah we yeah, have both. sometimes yeah. you know, we can't really tell put a finger on it we can't really tell the ratio but all of us have that energy in us we decide what what makes us effeminate or what makes us uh more uh you know male or uh, how is it that we which energy like, we identify with yes. i think it kind which of depends on yeah. yes, yes yes because even shiva identifies completely with yes. 
the goddess the goddess exactly yeah, yeah that that's that's the beauty of it because it's not yes. always that you're going to identify with the feminine energy even if you're in a female body Absolutely. you might identify with the when you know shiva or chi krishna yeah. when you say krishna you say hare krishna you say radha first and then you say krishna yes. the yes. universe is uh, you know uh, you know it honors that, that yeah it honors that. again the, it has shri, kept that order is, mm. yeah shri is the goddess mm. when you whenever you say shri shri you know ganesha or shri ganesha or shri or somebody is shri yadav shri mukesh mukesh jha whatever you know xyz name we say the shri before why do why do we say shri shri is actually supposed to be mr and shri mati is a woman but yes. actually if you see shri itself is you know a feminine yeah. energy there so mm-hmm. even if we want it or we don't want it you know consciously um, it's there everywhere in yeah. everything yeah. so we just need to um, notice it experience it and yes. it's completely up to us and way forward would be to keep tapping on that very uh, powerful creative energy you know which is encompassing yeah. the, this whole universe and we just know that it's it's there for us yes always there we yeah. just need to call upon it and and experience that so now you said something very interesting tapping into it which is where most people lack and you know it all gets very messy because uh, to start with people don't know what what to tap into and how to do it now in your work you are an artist but you also work as a healer and um, so what kind of tips or where do you if somebody would come to you and say i don't know how to tap into it i really want to and how would you guide them through this process uh in my case i can speak for myself i am very visual um and like i said in terms of uh, you know any creative action any kind of creation uh is birthing the moment you say birth giving birth to something itself is you know you it 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 gets connected to the the feminine aspect of giving birth so um any any kind of creation can be uh we just need to um say for example if somebody wants to paint it's very very important that you bring it upon you that and of course with with the sincerity sincerity humility uh, these are the aspects uh, i would feel which are also um which also run parallelly in in any process of creation so uh, being humble you know about getting to know something getting to learn something so uh when people say i i need to tap into the feminine energy there is there are many ways what is the kind of energy that you want to tap into whether it is through creation whether it is through meditation whether it is through um singing uh, uh you know lot people people channel channel this energy through many many different dimensions some people do it through working the soil i have i have a lot of friends who are um you know polymaths and they are um into agricultural work but when they plant a seed they there is a process in which they see they they visualize the seed becoming a tree there is something very poetic about it there's something magical about it so every time my friend puts a seed in into the soil he visualizes that this is going to turn out to be this beautiful blossoming tree this is a process of creation it's a process of giving birth to something which is you know you we cannot control what's go, what how the tree is going to look like but we can control the birth we can i'm, I'm not control i would say we can pray for the birth yeah birth of that seed so everybody has a different process of looking at things whether it's a musician or a singer can tap into the energy through you know chanting ma's names i do it through my art for me my work is about i have a lot to say to the women in the world uh also it is it has been my way of fighting my own personal conflicts whether it is through childhood or um, as a young adult or as a married woman or as a woman working woman in the society you know what is it that i have encountered the kind of negativity that i have encountered in my life i wanted to turn that into something positive into a voice 
you know into a voice that would uh, you know sh- find more people like minded people to come and join the discourse and let's talk about it let's talk about it at large let's make group discussions let's gather let's gather around and let us support each other you know a kind of sisterhood or solidarity you know that can be formed a bond that can be created so for me my my working methodology has been channeling through sculpting through painting i have found her through that helping me to uh, silence all that noise in my head so every person needs to go within it's very very important to first silence the noise and find out what it is that we what we need to channel how strong because sometimes the energy is really strong if you're really a seeker the energy can be very strong it can also be chaotic it can take you other way around you can just go opposite direction instead of creating something you may end up destroying which is also destruction is also the nature of the goddess right so it's totally um it's to, it, it it can go the right way it can also go the wrong way also sometimes it becomes very um important if we are not able to do it there are mentors that can help us there are uh people who are teachers we could we could look up to someone who could help us look within and help us channel that energy through whatever it is the form that we want to give it to if it's through swimming if it's through sailing if it's through watering the plants or whether it is growing green or you know doing something sustainable and giving back to the planet or or art it totally depends everybody has teachers i've had a lot of gurus in my life you know who've come and gone people have not stayed consistently in my life because i also kept evolving into new paths into new directions and and when you're a seeker you're just moving you know yeah. you're constantly yeah. moving for more 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 hmm. it's and also like you can have like a community right like a supportive Absolutely. community to start Absolutely. with and then everything becomes Fantastic. and everyone everyone becomes your teacher also it's Why very common like when you really you seek yeah when you really seek you will get the teacher anyway yeah, it comes to you <laughs> it's yeah. so important first of all to have that humility that i'm yes. a seeker i yes. know nothing mm. i am nobody mm. can i be somebody is there an identity inside me that needs to be that needs to surface and mm. what is the identity how do i get it these questions are what are you know the trajectories the yeah and the trigger questions the which i'm going to it's yeah. very very important that we build i don't know if i'm making sense but we build no, a kind of a trajectory for our path mm. you know a kind of a vision board which we are looking at you know this is where i need to go mm-hmm. and at this time i need to be here and if we kind of even start with that you know with one question for me questions are the most important things in my life the moment i'm questioning something i'm moving forward yeah. <laughs> well, that's a good way no, no, that's true that's a good way that's, of looking at it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's a, that's, that's a proper way of because if you don't question if you're not if you're really okay with where you are what is happening you're stagnating right you're not moving anywhere so you always need to question so that is that is quite encouraging and would you say that now when people like when we uh, speak, like you beautifully touched upon this destructive path also so now when we look at art you know we have different kinds of art some art forms really trigger those negative emotions um, and they are used as a weapon you know uh, against humanity and against societies against communities and then there are art which the art the kind of art that you do which challenges your own limiting beliefs they they urge you to go inside they urge you to look within you know have those deeper questions and gain a deeper understanding of who you are why you're here so as an artist um how what is your take on the art that is kind of destructive in nature and why do you think that is done um art is subjective <laughs> let me begin with that yeah, because yeah. what what may be destructive for you may not be destructive for me it could be 
you know uplifting mm. for me because i i'm a collector of i but hypothetically speaking that maybe i'm a collector of violent images or maybe um there are people you know to whom violence stimulates or they like the action or they or they feel certain kind of pressure you know or they have histories in their life so they collect art that is i wouldn't say destructive i would say art that disturbs yeah disturbing yeah that might that's or a better word for not disturbing or it yeah. makes you wonder or it makes you mm. think mm. you know uh like i have a friend who's an artist and uh, he's an extremely talented artist he lives in berlin and um is german german artist um he takes pictures of you know war pictures you know he's on the border front and very very sensitive very strong pictures i mean i remember one photograph of his which was which which just made me go you know yeah. i myself yeah. have a lot of uh, um uh, dark imagery in my work um mm. and see uh, we are artists it's not something that we can control mm. uh, it's it's the feeling that we feel within which is transported onto the canvas or the cam or through the lens or you know any artistic form that we are pursuing i remember his uh, the image of that photograph which which had a gauze on the on the mouth and and through the gauze the blood you know was seen because the person's mouth was broken and and he had a black eye and and this guy was an injured soldier just the portrait and it was huge it was a mammoth like 30 20 feet huge photograph you cannot miss it when you enter enter the space of the exhibition and that is all you see the moment you enter and it's such a difficult space you know uh, to hold when you see something like that and you just go and but then it also art ha- art also has should have the capacity to show the truth to shock it cannot just be pretty or beautiful or sensual you know we are not we are human beings we carry all kinds of senses all kinds of emotions within us and so art has that capacity to to evoke a certain emotion within us that particular piece had the capacity to sh- make us confront the reality that's happening at the borders telling us that we can't turn a blind eye at what's happening at the borders uh, or right now currently in ukraine yeah it's basically bringing you the information the artist is bringing you the live information from there and is showing you that this is what is happening it can be it is possible to reach that to a place uh in a corner of a world which is yet not sensitive about this issue they are probably celebrating something i'm not saying that they should not but it's also artists choose which is the area that they need to focus on if they are choosing an area of journalism where they are not going to shy away from showing a person getting a bullet or a dead body or a beheaded person they are bringing you reality three girls suspended from a tree just because they were requesting for 24 rupees instead of 20 rupees they were raped for days and they were hung from a tree this story needs to go out people need to know the kind of inhumanity that still exists in the world if a picture is taken at that point or if a documentary is created around it a piece of work which is called art is done and it reaches thousands of people such kind of atrocities can be stopped so art has the power to also create a kind of a revolution so we cannot say that it's disturbing or it is wrong or it's uh, dark it is reality whether it is a schizophrenic uh, artist um like francis bacon who is you know showing images of destruction in the painting but then that is his mind he's trying to tap into that emotion of a person who's going through that situation in his life where he's you know bipolar and he's you know fighting uh you know every day the the daily grind the demons life. yeah the demons, demons of your own yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, so something which is beautiful 
also has the capacity to shock and i personally as an artist believe that art art is not just for one thing today mm. it is more of a voice yes it's more of a voice it should have the capacity to stimulate to trigger how will then things change in the mm. world how do mm. we expect mm. what we would physically do with our hands is a tactile medium is now done through camera through you know different platform through digital imagery you know and animation people are doing everything in their capacity mm. to try and see if pe- the people in the world will respond yeah this yeah, urgency, yeah you know there's this urgency. urgency yeah that is what i was coming to this this urgency that we have and art actually tells you the human story you know you look at any era it's the art that basically talks about what was i mean it, yeah the documents it right so the era that we are in and we have seen amazing amount of changes like big massive shifts um so the art now and the art you know looking into say 5 years down the line that's going to completely change because you know looking at history it's changed drastically so what kind of a story is this kind of holding up together like it's putting out together well uh <laughs> art is becoming definitely becoming a very um vocal medium very very vocal medium um a lot of it has moved from um you know painting drawing uh print making you know those tactile mediums to you know the fine art school to digital lot and which has made it possible for almost anybody can be an artist if they have something to say today even words are art which is beautiful i'll tell you i went to this um, beautiful exhibit at the met uh, sorry moma and there was a retrospective of this Uh, artist who is also an art historian so he lived in africa and he worked with the tribes and he researched on the first scripts of the tribes and the first um, drawings you know which go back thousands of years back and he researched on them he painted over 10000 drawings you know like hierog they look like hieroglyphics you know those egyptian drawings and they were all on display and they were just color pencils you know like a child does you know very neat color pencil drawings um and he digitized the alphabets when you say a for apple b for ball in that language in african language the tribal language which was lost and he's brought back that language brought back imagine imagine the amount of work yeah so when you go to the museum you have a computer you're looking at and every yeah. there are about 8 10 stations there yeah. you go and press on the a the b the c there is a there is a voice which is a ethnic voice which will sound that for you it's a thesaurus and it will also word that for you and it will also give you the english translation and the meaning Imagine, he has that like, trans he has yes. transcribed the entire thing and this is an artist yes he, and he was 3 years moma he was on a moma grant and 3 years he researched as a scholar and he worked at the archaeological site with the people where he picked out you know those he worked with the slabs where the writings were written so authenticated researched you know in depth documented work it's his life's work which is in moma forever and that is the level at which an artist you know shows the passion is bringing back an ancient native language you know to the forefront and making it available for the world i mean anybody who goes to moma will have that access it's a 2000 square feet space which is only this which is showing the costumes of the tribes which is showing all the you know the letterings there are books available if you want to go deep into it it's introducing he's taken pictures he has done 3d models installations of the site you know which shows how you enter into the archaeological architecture and you know how you how the excavation was he was there from the day one the excavation was being done and this was an artist 
so there is no particular boundary there is no particular set discipline which we need that's why i always tell people that i'm interdisciplinary half the people don't get it especially in india, especially in india. what yeah. is interdisciplinary you know yeah. <laughs> what i want to say is that i don't limit myself to any discipline tomorrow if yes. i want to i need to uh, you know work the soil or if i need to uh, you know do some carpentry work or anything that my work demands i'm willing to do it as long as my voice gets out there as long as i'm able to make that difference yeah no but you are i mean through your work you are making a difference and that brings me to the series that you've done on a body uh which was pretty much on you know like sparsh i think that's what you yeah. called it and it was beautiful it was absolutely you know something that that is not even you know when you did it not bad but it is like something very relevant and it's going to become more and more relevant as we you know as the years go by um could you tell us a bit about your idea behind doing that like what were the limiting beliefs that you were challenging uh when you got into doing sparsh okay so um when i was a child of course i was i was always told you know by my parents or teachers or elders uh not to touch yourself not to you know look at men in a certain way or not to dress up in a certain way or not to expose certain parts of your body um because people might you know men or boys might look at you and you know make passes or advances and it's an unsafe world you know things like that and that it's also you know you have to keep it under covers if you're feeling certain feelings i mean it's hormones right you're growing up i am bound to have feelings i am bound to and if i don't have a boyfriend or if i don't have a you know partner or a fiance i should not you know express myself or even have those thoughts coming pray at that time read the bible read the gita you know distract yourself get immersed in work do something you know which will motivate you towards your studies and and the more people would tell me that the more it would you know make me do things which were against why is everybody against it when when it's a when it's a feeling that's uplifting when it's a feeling which is which makes me feel good about myself wearing a certain outfit is making me feel good why sh- it's if if someone else is looking at my cleavage or looking at my legs or looking at my hands it's his problem it's her problem it's their conditioning in their head i'm not doing it with the objective of exposing myself or it's making me feel good i'm wearing it i'm doing what i feel is within my limitation and i'm doing it because it's making me feel good not in a way which is even i was aware that i'm not doing it in a way which is if i'm wearing a jeans and going out i do not have to think how tight my jeans is or my buttocks are showing my mother would say put your shirt out my father would say how are you allowing her to go out in pants you know the jeans is really tight and why is she always on jeans hello it's comfortable so i grew up listening to all this and also at the same time you know touching myself or you know if i'm if i'm wanting to you know went uh you know my feelings i was i was always in the under the radar what are you doing why is your door closed you know why is it locked why is why you in the bathroom for so long you know things like these give give the person that space to grow to evolve to flower to understand it's all a part of growing up there's nothing wrong with it it's all there's an experience which is what we are experience. here for it's, yeah it's, it's it's a it's a beautiful experience mm. and one should not be uh you know stop from uh pleasuring themselves it is our birthright and especially as women men don't think twice i do not want to make it a man woman thing but unfortunately in the society it is yes it is it is yeah it is it's a lot of it is a lot of stigma that yeah 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 you know it is attached, it is attached to, to mm. yeah the men can the women can't mm. you know mm. why 
there is Nobody no knows. <laughs> but what do our shastras tell us i was at the kanak temples i was at the kamakshi temples it's a pleasure it's, it's more exactly yeah and we open and yeah. we know that in that society when we go back to the past in that society artists created what they visually saw there was no cameras no photography there was no imagination did play a big role but definitely those things were not imagined people posed for us for the artisans to come back and sculpt them so imagine the amount of you know exposure they had to all that that open society you know where people did not think twice about pleasuring who they were pleasuring or even if it was themselves so basically it was about pleasure being our birthright and as a grown up as well even today i i live with my in-laws i live with a home full of people i have a lot of helpers in the house you know who are walking in and out and and um, of course you know my husband or my daughter or you know family it's a busy house i would never say that a woman should stop doing anything that she wants to do if there are moments uh, so i do i do face situations where i'm asked why is it lying around well it's my bedroom it's my private space things can be lying around so if i feel like doing something it is my birthright it is it is my you know it's my personal desire and it is also a, it's a, it's a very empowering thought there because it's pretty much like all these restrictions that are put on to yes, you know absolutely. and they kind of cage you so you you grow up not to know you know your own self leave alone absolutely. knowing somebody else absolutely um, absolutely i've had as a mother as a hmm. mother i've had to answer a lot of questions to my daughter as well hmm. i have had i i have seen her growing and i did not want to you know limit her growing up you know i didn't want i never wanted her to go through anything that i personally have felt as a as a daughter to my mother you know giving her that space to bloom to be free to to have that space to uh, you know speak her mind or feel good about herself whether it is an outfit she is wearing or whether it is um, you know um, any particular feeling that she wants to exercise that freedom freedom is everything if we are free in our head then then we will be able to project ourselves in that particular way to the world otherwise if we are restricted in our head it will be a very restricted uh, yeah, yeah you are going to you are going to give out that restrictive caged image yeah that vibe itself will be like mm-hmm. that yeah, you know yeah. right from our speech to our smile to our mm. vision everything is going to be restricted we will see it a very through a very tiny lens instead of seeing it through a broad yes uh lens yes. you know yeah. which i think is very depressing and i i really pity people yeah who who see when we say you know you she has such a narrow mind or a narrow vision of seeing things she's so closed or mm. he's so closed when we say that mm. what do we mean by that that the person is is restricting themselves from evolving and accepting things accepting things that are natural yeah yeah know? and stopping it from mm. flowing from out from flowing so you basically are your own barrier in your own flow and flow Absolutely. of abundance <laughs> creativity especially for people yeah, exactly. who are creative yeah yeah, uh, yeah. if you, that if you stops. go back and see the lives of the you know creative people you see the kind of life they live because nothing comes at the cost of creativity live it free if you're not free inside here and here you won't be able to create i think it will be restricted completely yeah. and even and i think that is what comes out in most art forms also you know even if it's a it's a motion picture or a film and you know yes, even there yes, you yes. see you see you can see the deterioration you can see that Absolutely. this is not quite there and Absolutely. you understand and you understand the maker's freedom perspective and your life yeah and you see that there is no freedom the narrative is quite restricted you know and and you see it and it's something that you think well maybe you know you should be be because again like you rightly said if you're not free you cannot 
even you know express it in that way so you're like restricting all the movements restricting the energy basically so how are you going to create it so that was a that was a very beautiful and a very brave uh, you know thing for you to put out there and uh, i loved it personally i was like wow this is amazing so i was that was a very encouraging um i, I want to yeah because uh, <laughs> I'm also perimenopausal, so yeah, feeling heightened. <laughs> you never know when. <laughs> I heard I heard that from in one of my yoga class, and they were just having this discussion, and I heard somebody say, like, you know, once you cross fifty, you just stop caring about everybody. Absolutely, <laughs> I'm totally on board with that. I'm unapologetic. Absolutely. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is beautiful because that's when you do your best work you know oh, and yes, it yes. just shines through Absolutely. so another thing that comes out in your work very very strongly which we touched upon last time that you were here is this divine blessing of ma kali and you know and you have this in you know a very intimate relationship with ma kali now there is a there are different aspects of makali also you know there is the 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 one that everybody knows the destructive the anger and but then it is a ma it's a mother so there is always this nurturing beautiful or the you know side to uh, ma yes. as well so uh, if i were to ask you now this might be a tough one but if i were to ask you uh, how would you judge ma's energy in the world out there today Uh, first of all i am no one to judge her energy <laughs> just not, give an opinion just let me use uh, the wrong word just an opinion my, as to what energy do you feel now uh, because at one point you did mention that it was quite strong and it was quite like you know what what was happening uh, around the world it was very strong very destructive and that was kind of in the in the and the heights and the peak so what is the energy right now for me uh if you ask me from perception of my work i recently finished a series which i am literally afraid to take it out right now into the open which in which i see her i have clearly seen her in my visions as a skull-faced goddess her face is the skull and she is a bridesmaid wow so she wow. has a veil and she is dancing and she's on a strumpet my god she is on a on a spree she is dancing she's on a strumpet she's and she's um celebrating that now this vision could i could also trans i did i did do the sketches and the drawings and i mm. and i decided to shelf it because i wasn't ready to feel the intensity of that work at that time when i finished it a couple of months ago and i still want to understand what is she here to give death to because in my life in my work she has appeared to give death to my demons my issues in my life my conflicts the she's she has appeared to give death to the pain and the misery and empower me and take me to the next level every time mm-hmm. so when she comes she not just comes as a nurturer but this particular vision that i had she is death herself she doesn't wow. have that face anymore Mm. she is the skull and and the rest of the body is the way it is so i did a set of maybe 100 150 drawings and and i couldn't stop i was in a trance and i was just you know sketching them out this is how things happen in my world yeah 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 no that's that's but that is what i was tapping into like what is it because so however you, i also yeah. feel that i would i i am still processing that image but i would say that it is the face of kaliyug and she is definitely out there on a strumpet but the strumpet is a kind of cleansing mm. she is mm. she is giving death to 
demons of the society perhaps or to or to things that are no longer serving us you they know, are not the, no longer relevant like no longer like the you know the queer community is getting the power yeah the lgbt community is getting recognized mm-hmm. but gender choices uh, mm-hmm. you know fiercely coming up mm-hmm. and the young generation the youth she is giving power to them by uh, destroying you know the structures uh, around them that we grew yeah, up the with structures yeah. the boundaries she's mm-hmm. you know the walls are falling mm-hmm. i would like to uh translate that image that way and possibly mm. there is war as well mm. but it's also to whatever that she's doing out there in the world today she is teaching us something whether it is through pandemic she's teaching us this humanity she's teaching us and asking us to protect and preserve what she created and not allow and she probably depends also in the in the future which is the the youth of tomorrow you know on how we not just me as an artist or anybody you know how what are we contributing whatever destruction whatever is creating this destruction this is this this destruction that we are contributing we need to stop we need to stop that or the repercussions are massive and huge yeah yeah, yeah. there will yeah. be a massacre mm. this is not something new that she is telling no but probably at a much larger spectrum much largest yeah. things have heightened look at the pandemic millions mm. and millions of people have died yeah so this is not going to stop after the pandemic there'll be something else Then yeah there was there's always a constant yeah a constant yeah. run of things so she's out there cleansing Mm. she's teaching us something she's asking us to requesting literally that you know what if you don't do it i'm going to that's going to my way you have yeah. it my way or do it your way yeah so this is something that i get from that vision and i i did want to work on that but i stopped them to the drawings i didn't want them to materialize as paintings mm-hmm. i instead created the series called hala hala which is yeah blue mm. uh blue is what the society is doing mm. to us so mm. all the women in the work all the expressions are blue in color which i talk about the poison in the society yeah yeah so that particular work uh followed hala hala and that's how i worked with the you know understanding of shakti having the capacity to control that poison mm and that is what she's doing mm. she's consuming it lot of my work in blue also shows her in in um, armor and uh, girdles you know around yeah. her around her hips around her vagina mm. around mm. her breasts also taking inspiration inspiration from the ancient form of thayam you know which is the body armor of the women warriors yeah. so uh so a lot is focused on that on how she is battling we cannot see her but it's an energy she is an energy force yeah 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 of course yeah it's just convenient for me to probably put a form because if you see blue it doesn't have any it's hmm. just blue it's just flowing Yeah and also you'll interpret it the way you understand you resonate Absolutely. with the color blue you know on that day on you know when you're looking at it so i think that is also, also neela like, neela is yeah. the poison the, the neel kant yeah. neel kant yeah yeah controls the poison for shiva mm-hmm. shiva who is again the destroyer exactly <laughs> yeah so yeah. so again you know she is definitely present she is omnipresent omni she exactly said, yeah she is pointing us she is nudging us she is teaching us every single day mm. to watch our karma to watch our you know belief systems to watch what it is that we are you know contributing you know yeah i think it's a, it's a, it's a time when everybody is urged to look within 
which is what yeah. which is how we started this whole series it's like you have to look within yeah it's the key you know it's not about it's not about what somebody else because your outer world is a re, is a reflection of what you are in the in, on the inside yes. if your inside Absolutely. is all messed up your outer world is going to be yeah, messed up project that yeah so we better watch watch the inside watch ourselves what yeah, we're going yeah. to project into the world in terms yeah. of and, and once you understand that dynamics i think the responsibility on each and every individual increases many folds because then you're like okay you know and we hear it when we are on a flight where your own masks before helping others and uh, i don't know why we just forget <laughs> when we get into life <laughs> we want to be out there <laughs> true without true. our own masks um, but that's beautiful to hear so it's quite nice to check the energy with you because you know that is that is how um, it, it looks like that is like we are in the grace period to kind of align ourselves and if you don't <laughs> you you've had it um so we've kind of nearly come to an hour and uh, i wanted to ask you about the roles and responsibilities of an artist in this kali yoga because it is not the other yogas like the satyog you know where you know you kind of put something out and everybody's on that level of consciousness to just get it these days interpretations have like 10 million you know colors added to it <laughs> <laughs> so you might want to say something and then it gets into a different zone and you know you get there's a tug of war happening all the time and polarities you can see so what do you think are the roles and responsibilities of an artist as an artist yourself see i can speak for myself again here i i cannot speak for others because yeah you know sure. why. yeah yeah, uh, yeah. So as for myself i feel like i told you that as long as my art is is um, making people stop and think about the subjects that i'm talking about i'm you know it's creating this um you know a small little space as long as it's becoming an intervention as long as it is opening up a space for dialogue my work is done for me most important art is probably a medium for me it's the, it's just a reference point of reference what is most important for me is the dialogue that comes after that why why am i doing what i'm doing and what is the larger picture behind that for me it i feel at this point in my life i'm very fortunate i feel very blessed that it is a voice it's not something that is static it's much more than that it's a it's an arena that's opening up a space for and including people asking them to come in come in and let's talk about it let's talk let us see what what good can come out of all this maybe we can stop something maybe we can start something something positive to throw a spotlight on issues that have been curbed on simple things like sparsh you know which have not been touched upon or if we are talking about choices in our life simple things like you know wanting to choose a particular kind of life for us what it what what does it entail is a is is a woman able to do that if we say we are in the 21st century but girls are still being hung from the tree still being hung from oh, the tree still yes burned lives still being called witches still being yes. labeled <laughs> so it's all happening so uh what when is it enough opening up that space to talk about it we never know who might come into that space and make a difference do having more and more collectives yes and it doesn't have to be only artists no no it ha- it can be uh, like like multidisciplinary like you know because, and interdisciplinary yeah. yes yeah. because according to joseph boyce everyone is an artist even a yeah. homemaker is an artist everything yeah. entails creativity yeah right from getting up in the morning and making that perfect cup of tea you know that gets mm-hmm. your day started or a coffee mm-hmm. you know everything takes creativity not mm-hmm. everybody can do it perfectly not everybody no. can do it you know correctly yeah 
right from that uh, helper you know who comes home you know the the perfect domestic help who comes and makes your bed or you know gives you that cup of tea or makes you the you know the dal chawal which gives you the taste of home when you're at work you know everything this gratitude you know it all comes into that space yeah we never know whom we might extend that space up. to yeah an open it also about holding the space yeah i feel like artists like you are i think your responsibility more like if i could speak for what i have seen through your art forms are more like holding the space because that is how your collaboration with us happened like with with he happened it was like holding that space you know and uh, it's it's beautiful because the energy that keeps and that comes and that flows through that just opens up a very safe and sacred space for everybody and that is i think that safety that assurance that knowledge that you have the community safe to fall back to on yeah it's yeah. safe unconditional non-judgmental space non-judgmental yeah yeah and open up a discourse to also this is uh, one of the things that i have i've been working on I've, i'm authoring a book uh, and it's it's shortly going to come out in a few months which um, is called the lost goddess and this is about you know uh, awakening the goddess within us and that takes us that kind of opens up a space opens up yeah yeah that would uh, be amazing so after your book is released you're coming back i'm booking you right now <laughs> i will send you a the prototype <laughs> so you can have a I look and it. give me your your inputs uh, you know yeah. and thank you in, looking forward to there. it I'm going to a book launch. This is amazing that you said this. I'm going to have invited to a book launch next week, and that is on consciousness. And you know, so it's like it's all like these things are coming up now, which is like Maybe a, I I'm loving it. Me. I should do it through. <laughs> <laughs> I'm loving it. I'm loving this space. You know, like consciousness is coming up. You know, the Vedas are coming up, and your book on goddess is coming up. I'm like, wow, this is this is it. You know, it's it's all coming together, <laughs> in the finest of ways. But that's beautiful. It's so. Uh, when are you going to work? What are you going to work back on the series that you stopped, or are you going to like go forward and collect more information and then launch it? I am collecting more information. Uh, uh, also, there is a very interesting body of work which is coming up, which is on sirens. Okay. And uh, how we are sirens? How we are witches? How we are? Witches. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a, that is like that is what my interest because that's like you know when you are in, in yoga, I go to this yoga and we kind of have like okay, you know, you remember your grandmothers, you know, their grandmothers all called labeled witches at some point in time. You need to get Absolutely. rid of that energy. <laughs> and the beauty is you don't realize how this consciousness is passed on from generations and generations, and it gets tapped into you know or into your body in one way or the other and you're mm-hmm. not functioning because of something you don't know why because you have these labels to carry so that's something to look forward <laughs> to so when is this releasing the book is definite the book or the the book, the book the and book. the and the work the book will take 2 uh, 3 more months uh, okay. because now that now that you are here uh, it has to go through you as well it has to go through me as well yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm right here i would love love to get your inputs before it goes out so i i'm doing a self publishing uh, i'm i'm going to go through a self publishing process initially um because i intend to because it's not just a book it's more like a workbook so i will be doing workshops around that traveling working with women uh from all walks of life who will try it's not just a book it's a process there's a process to it so um, which kind of you know helps you answer your longings and you enter the book with a question and then you work maybe we could that. do a maybe this is just an idea that came up maybe we could do an online zoom workshop since we are in different locations you know once that your book is wonderful out. that would be wonderful you know we could get people to kind of come together and do a workshop on your book absolutely, absolutely. amazing absolutely i'll put that in my diary <laughs> <laughs> definitely i will i will take you upon that i can probably um show That's oh my it. god that's amazing <laughs> so beautiful so this beautiful. has uh, about 30 goddesses 30 archetypes 30 archetypes that archetypes. Help us work with our energy and um, yeah there are and there it comes with a workbook a chart you know that helps helps women step into power into their power so yeah 
<laughs> need of the hour. You're right on time. For this. This, this is what we all need. <laughs> so that's that's perfect. And when is this other piece of work coming out? The one oh, on the witch is very soon. Yeah. It's uh, the body of work is called Urges. <clears throat> okay. And uh, so it ha- it does address um, a lot of taboo uh, taboo areas. And um, and yes, uh, like I said, art is subjective. A lot of people uh, might find it um, disturbing. <laughs> My favorite yeah. word. <laughs> <laughs> because, that, because there are witches, there are witches, there are sirens. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but yes, this is who we are. Yeah. And we own it. We so own it. no, we got to own it because I think <laughs> that energy is also required. You it's know, very important. Yeah, yeah very it's important. very very important. Um, also, uh, to be able to tap that energy, mm. and to be able to say no, mm. uh, I disagree. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Very important. So, well, Nivedita, we have nearly come to an end of an hour. And thank you, as always, for being an amazing guest. We love you here. And you're more than welcome. Thank you as well, Nivedita Pushri. I love thee. Thank you so much. You know, we love you. So, we now it's like the book and this other thing. We are super busy with you. So, like, everybody's going to be super excited. Thank you. And any last thoughts before we close? Well, last thought would be definitely, um, we did the last talk, like I told you. So um, a lot happened for me after after that the, that particular interview, um, which has almost been very magical for me, you know, um, uh, kind of manifestations. And um, I remember I spoke my mind and I try to be as honest as I can. And... Um, Definitely, there has been a change in in the person, you know. So now that you we've had this interaction, um, I like to think that I have probably evolved as well, and I have come yes. entered this um, arena with a new set of questions today. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, and of course, your questions have helped me answer things, um, uh, you know, that were within me. So when I'm opening it out into the world. i am leaving those manifestations out and probably um, most of thing most of those things i'm hoping with a prayer that they get picked up they and will they always do like i said there's something about the energy and i i can't pinpoint where it works <laughs> <laughs> things get picked up people become more sensitive people uh, you know um, are able to relate to everything that happens uh, that is happening in this world and um, and try and be more conscious of uh, you know their contributions in the world in terms of their words in terms of their deeds in terms of anything that they wish to leave behind uh, have that consciousness of what it's going to do to the coming generations which might include your children as well and your grandchildren so um everything counts right now and we've learned we've learned that lesson in a hard way but i think there's few more chapters to go before yeah. the book is closed <laughs> yeah um, but yeah we are on our way we'll we'll, we'll survive this <laughs> i take really good things from this uh, our interaction today and a lot of new learnings as well for me which i wasn't aware that i probably had within within me those words within me so thank you for you know let have like, giving me that you know platform to let them out Thank you. As always, it's always a pleasure, and you know you're one of. I've, I've said this, I think, a number of times. I'm going to bore everybody by saying that you're our favorite guest, <laughs> but, but but you are anyway. So we look forward to welcoming you back, and look forward to sharing the space again with you. So thank you. And so I'll send you the copy of the book. <laughs> yes, please do. Yeah, I would look forward to that as well. So thank you so much, Nivedita. Thank you.